Lecture topic: Purifying the heart and soul. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salat wa salam ala ibadihi al-nadin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله لا ينظر إلى أجسامكم ولا إلى صوركم ولكن ينظر إلى قلوبكم وأعمالكم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected on the Mahikram, brothers and elders. The time in this dunya that Allah has given us, this is an opportunity to make the Akhirat. The Akhirat, the hereafter, one side of Akhirat is everlasting peace, happiness, everlasting enjoyment which is in Jannah and the other side of Akhirat is the fire of Jahannam the azab and the torments of the fire of Jahannam Allah Ta'ala save us from that but where a person finishes off there the time to make that decision is here what direction a person chooses here that is the direction that he will finish off there. This is the system Allah Ta'ala has put into this place. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhira. Dunya is the planting field of the hereafter. Person plants roses here, then he'll harvest roses there. And if he plants weeds here, then it's far-fetched to think and dream about harvesting roses in the akhirat. So on that day, it will be a person and his iman and his amal that will be of avail to him. Nobody and nothing else will be of any benefit to him. يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ لِكُلِّ مْرِئِمْ مِنْهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ شَأْنُ يُغْنِي Allah says that every person will flee from each other. Parents will flee from their children. Children will run away from the parents, spouses will run away from each other, nobody will have anything to do with anybody, each one will be worried about themselves. So this is the time and this is the opportunity to make that everlasting akhirat for our betterment, to pave our way to Jannat, to pave our way towards the everlasting bliss of the hereafter. And for us to be able to get to that destination safely, Allah Ta'ala sent the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam, Allah Ta'ala sent last and final messenger Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala revealed his Quran Sharif upon Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so that we could then follow in the light of the Quran Sharif and the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and reach this final abode of Jannah. To get there, Allah Ta'ala has given us two aspects of our existence. 
one part is which everybody knows very very well which everybody knows in the sense that everybody is conscious of all the time everybody is concerned about it everybody is very careful about it and that is our existence in terms of our physical selves, our bodies so this too is part of our need in dunya to be able to get to this abode of akhirat this is the vehicle and therefore we are obliged to care for it also if a person deliberately does not eat or drink despite the food being available and he loses his life he'll be guilty of suicide <coughs> so we have to care for it but everybody understands the importance of this body if this body feels hungry immediately feeds it feels thirsty he will now give it water to drink he will try to find more comforting than cooling water though any water might be available close by but he'll undertake some extra effort to go and get something colder to drink if it is this body becomes sick then he goes out of his way to treat it to medicate it he will spend any amount of money to try and get the right treatment if this body is tired he will immediately now go to rest and he'll want to rest in comfort also as far as possible he'll try to if it's a hot day he'll want an air conditioner if it's a cold day he'll want a heater all for the comfort of this body so all the time the care the concern and then from time to time he's trying to adorn this body in so many different ways they say that the cosmetic industry is one of the biggest industries in the world and the cosmetic industry cosmetic itself the word itself is just all just to cover up just to make something look different to what it is just to give some extra adornment this has become the biggest industry running in the billions and billions so what for all about this body how to adorn it and try to beautify it and try to show it off but this body at the end of the day is going to become dust this body is going to become food for the worms in the grave and a person is buried in the grave very very shortly thereafter those eyes that he was now so proud about there'll be ants walking around in that eye socket that will be among the first things that will drip away the tongue that he was so proud about that he could speak in this way and that way and how he could even take people for a ride with his glib tongue but that tongue will no more be there there'll just be a hollow there and that face which a person was now trying to be so proud about that this was the complexion and this was the beauty and this was how better it was compared to others but now after a short while in the grave there's none of it left those cheeks are all gone there's just the skeleton left those bones are there and after a short while even that too will disintegrate so that is the reality so while the person has life obviously he is obliged to care for this body but this is a secondary part of him this body doesn't make him something this body doesn't make him anything 
in reality in reality it is what is within the body in terms of the soul and the ruh and that nafs that is within him which he has purified that will make him something so abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala once a little gust of wind blew or something and his lower garment it slightly lifted up so his shins became visible and he was a very very small built person very thin person and his shins were extraordinarily thin so now when his lower garment just in that wind gust of wind blew up slightly and his shins became visible so some people who were standing around saw it some found it very odd that such as we might call it scronishins from these scronishins looked a bit odd to them somebody started laughing about it too nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam overheard this and somebody commented about it he said these shins are more weightier than the mountain of uhud on the scales of good deeds on the day of qiyamah asqalu min jabali uhudin yawm alqiyamah now that body is a body but why is that suddenly so valuable not because of what it is it's crony but because it's carrying a heart those crony shins are carrying a heart which is beyond what we can imagine filled with what the whole world can pay for those sifat of iman and those qualities of iman that were deep within the heart that iman that yaqeen that taqwa the connection with allah tbaraka wa taala because these legs were carrying that heart otherwise sometimes a person mashallah has very strong legs and those legs can run the whole marathon also but if he's carrying a worthless heart if there's kufr in that heart if there's shirk in that heart what is the worth of those legs if those legs can kick a ball very nicely but he's not carrying a heart which is filled with qualities so after that one small little excitement and somebody might say people of the same mindset might find that very thrilling that this person could run behind run behind a ball behind a piece of leather and zigzag behind people around people and then kick it between some posts and they found that very very skillful very amazing but then after that what and then after a few years the person becomes a bit older and now he's got all knee pains and now he's sitting at night and rubbing wicks so now what happened to it but then that too after a while when he's going to be laid in the grave then what's going to be the worth those crony legs of abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala an nabi sallallahu said is heavier than mount uhud on the scales of good deeds because of the heart that it was carrying <coughs> so the body has its need it is important to be cared for but that is not the purpose of life the purpose of life is not that this is the be all and end all of life that a person is now only concerned about how to adorn this body and body building also is not for the sake of health then it takes on another level one is a level for keeping fit etc but then now how this body can become the focus of attention so then that kind of attire has to be taken on also 
that I didn't build these muscles up to be hidden. Must be visible. So now that kind of skin tight clothing, so people must recognize now what kind of iron I was pumping. So now this all becomes another show business and one thing leads to another. And the whole focus of life goes to something else. So this is one part of life, the body. But when that becomes the focus of life, then the whole direction is lost. Then the direction becomes just making more dunya for the sake of the comfort of this body and for the enjoyment of this body. And then one thing after the other just to appease this body. But then there's another part which Allah Ta'ala mentions in many ayat of the Quran Sharif regarding the nafs, the inner self. Now that will determine whether this body becomes very, very valuable or it becomes totally worthless. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا Allah Ta'ala speaks about this nafs, the inner self. This inner self is to be understood as, as a strength within the heart, as a power within the heart. It's not the physical heart, but just as it's not the physical eye that we look at, what a person looks with. It's the sight within the eye. Otherwise sometimes a person has the eye, but he lost his sight. It's the sight within the eye. It's the hearing within the ears. The power of listening. Sometimes it dies off, but the ears are still looking perfectly normal. Everything inside is looking perfectly normal, but the, the power of hearing is gone. So likewise Allah has kept a strength within. And Allah Ta'ala says, Qad aflaha man zakkaha. The one who purifies this, who adorns this nafs with iman, with amal. Otherwise this body, Allah hasn't praised this body anywhere. Allah has praised this nafs. And the body, if it got praised anyway, it was because of the purity of the nafs. Otherwise, in the Hadith Sharif, the Bishwasam says, Inna Allah la yanguru ila ajsamikum, wala ila suwarikum. Allah Ta'ala does not look at your body, and neither at your face, at somebody's complexion, somebody's color, somebody how tall he is, how short he is, what the level of strength he has physically. That is not what Allah Ta'ala looks at. What Allah Ta'ala looks at is, wala ki yanguru ila qulubikum wa a'malikum. Allah Ta'ala looks at your hearts, and your amal. Now the whole world generally is being pushed in one direction. The direction of just the body. Just to enjoy the leisures and pleasures that will comfort the body. But to make the inner self to purify this nafs, then that is something either very very secondary or not even really anywhere in the equation. Doesn't even apply anywhere. Not even something that needs to be given a second thought. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, everything depends on what is done with this nafs. The one who has purified this nafs. Because just as this body gets ill, it needs treatment, it needs to be rested, it needs to be medicated. There are ailments that affect the nafs. So Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا That person has indeed succeeded. 
who has purified this nafs. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا And the one who has made this nafs filthy and dirty, he has soiled it with all the evil qualities, with the obscenity, with the vulgarity, with the looking at haram, with the going to haram places, with occupying the heart and mind in haram deliberately, with getting involved in things that Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with. All these things soil that nafs, it makes it filthy, it makes it very, very, it makes it nudges. Allah Ta'ala says the one who has done this to his nafs, that khaba man dasaha. He is in destruction, complete loss and destruction. So the whole focus is to be on the heart, primarily that's the focus. And that is what we hardly focus on. That what is going on in my heart? Now there are so many different angles to this, in the limited time, just to understand this in the light of some examples. Just, just some examples which we have discussed perhaps previously as well. But these gives us some understanding of what it means to build the heart. What it means to have the heart in the right place. How does this impact on day-to-day life if the heart and the nafs has been purified? And if it is not purified, then what happens? So just in the light of some examples, that this purified nafs, how does it change a person's entire life? It changes, changes his conduct. It changes his way of speaking. It changes his way of thinking. It changes everything. Because the heart, that is at the heart of everything. There's one Hadith Sharif in Bukhari Sharif. Sumama bin Usal radiallahu ta'ala He was going somewhere and the Sahaba were out on some other mission. He was not yet a Muslim. He was a leader of his tribe. And they got hold of him. They arrested him. They caught him, grabbed him and they brought him back to Medina Munawwara. When they brought him and came, Nabi Karim Salaam gave the instruction that tie him to a pillar of the masjid. So in some way he was tired, basically he couldn't leave there. He was given whatever his needs were, his food, etc. would have been presented to him there. If he needed to go and leave himself, he was taken and brought back. But he was kept tied there for three days. And each day, every morning of those three days, Nabi Karim Salaam would come and ask him, Ma'indaka ya Sumama. Sumama, what do you have to say? What's in your mind and heart? So he would reply and say that, In taqtul, taqtul zadamin. First he said, look, my, my feeling about it is that you are going to treat me kindly. Because that's the personality you are. You are going to treat me in a very kind manner, in a good way. Any case, if you kill me, then I am deserving of that. Because I have committed murder also. He had also taken the life of several Muslims. He said, if you kill me, then that's what I am deserving of. But if you show kindness to me, then you will be showing kindness to a person who is very grateful for it. I will be very grateful for it. Nabi Salaam left him, didn't say anything further, went away. Next day, same question, he gave the same answer. The third day, same question, same answer. After the third day, when this question and answer finished off, Nabi Karim Salaam said to the Sahaba, Atliqu Sumama. Free him, open the ropes and free him. And he said to him, Qad afautu ank. I have forgiven you and I have freed you. You are free to go. Now he still 
in the same condition that he was in terms of he had not yet accepted Islam. Nabi Salaam freed him, but three days he was in the masjid. And obviously in the masjid now he's observing everything in the masjid, observing how the Sahaba are conducting themselves, observing their amal, observing their interaction with each other, what kind of respect, what kind of honor, what kind of mahabba and love and mutual good and kind feelings they have for each other. All this he was observing. And how they are engaging with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, their ibadat. Three days he observed the condition of the masjid. And Nabi Karim Salaam freed him, you free to go. He leaves from the masjid, he goes to a nearby orchard, he takes a ghusl there, he comes back into the masjid and he says, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa Now, after having said this, he addresses Nabi Karim Salaam and says, that until just now, until before I came into this place, your face, na'uzubillah, was the most detested face to me. But now it is the most beloved face to me. Your deen was the most detested deen to me. It is now the most beloved deen to me. Your city was the most detested to me. Now it is the most beloved to me. What happened? Something changed inside the heart. That heart now got impacted by this environment of the masjid. At the company of Nabi Karim Wasallam, the Sahaba Kiram, though at that time he still didn't even have Iman. But that good company, being in that environment of goodness and observing the masjid and the, how everybody was conducting themselves in the masjid, the amal of the masjid, the impact it had on his heart, it changed the heart. When it changed the heart, everything looked different. When it changed the heart, the heart changed, the entire priority changed. Everything looked different to him. What he hated most looked best to him. That is the impact of the heart. When the heart will change for the better, then those amal that seem to be very, very difficult, seem to be a burden sometimes, Allah forbid. Those things which we don't seem to find any kind of inclination towards. But when the heart will change, then that will become beloved. Those sins that are very, very exciting for us at the moment. And it sounds like we can never ever stop these wrongs. And it seems to be giving us a lot of entertainment and a lot of pleasure and joy. But when the heart will change for the better, that will become disgusting. Then that will become hated. That will become despised. And a person will feel nauseous at the very thought of it. Not that that temptation won't come, but the thought of getting involved in it, that will become a very disgusting thing to him. He will repel those temptations, repel those inclinations, which shaitan will try to whisper in his mind. Why? Because the heart has changed for the better. But if the heart doesn't change, then it will be the opposite. Then all the good things, this will be very, very burdensome. Coming to the masjid for Fajr Salah, very difficult. Can't make it. But waking up before Fajr for something else of dunya, very easy. 
everything will go in the wrong way because the heart is not in order <coughs> to understand this heart when this heart is in order how things work one hadith sharif which is also in bukhari sharif one sayyidina abu bakr radiyallahu ta'ala an and sayyidina umar radiyallahu ta'ala an both of them were discussing something so now in this discussion sometimes some things are just discussed a little bit more vigorously or whatever it may not have been vigorous but something got a little bit intense abu bakr radiyallahu said something which umar radiyallahu got offended with he felt a little upset about it it offended him it may not have been the best thing to have said it was a mistake so he got upset but now abu bakr now is a senior both these sahaba are on the highest rank among the sahaba abu bakr now is a senior umar radhi allahu now got upset so he woke up and walked away but abu bakr now immediately he is the senior he is the elder he immediately woke up and went behind him he said please forgive me now what woke him up he is the senior he is the elder he made a mistake what woke him up because the heart was right a mistake can happen insan is insan the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam are masoom mistake can happen from anybody but the heart if the heart is right this tawazu in the heart then that mistake of the tongue number one it will be very quick to recognize that mistake if the heart is right it will recognize the mistake and if the heart is not in order it won't even recognize the mistake the wrong will look right and a person will insist that this is right the wrong behavior will be right the wrong words and the vulgarity that will be the right thing to do now and then there will be you know you deserve it so because you deserve it therefore what i'm saying is right so now the whole everything will be upside down but here the tawazu what is what is the highest level that humility complete humility so there was no issues about i am senior here whatever he woke up to ask for forgiveness then the second thing about this is when the heart is correct then the person doesn't make excuses for his mistakes he accepts his mistake is insan he can make a mistake He doesn't start making excuses that no no I'll try to cover it up in some way he recognizes it he accepts it my mistake because he understands he loses nothing in accepting it I made a mistake I'm insane also I need to make amends for it that doesn't lose anything but trying to cover up that will just make a person even more deeper into the wrong habits it will get him stuck into the wrong mode and today he'll try to cover up small things tomorrow bigger things then he'll be making excuses for blatant sins blatant haram and sins he'll be making excuses for and now he'll be going further and further away from allah tbaraka wa taala so when the iman is there taqwa is there tawazu is in the heart the fear of allah taala is there the fear of accountability of the akhirat that this is a brief moment here i said something somebody said something but i have to account for this on the day of qiyamah it's not that this will be the be all and end all the day of accountability is coming 
So now he'll accept his mistake very quickly to make amends. Any case, Umar didn't say anything. He went away into his house and he closed the door. So now that he closed the door, what does he do? Abu Bakr Laulud. So he comes in the direction of the masjid. Let me go to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Come to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Then I will present now, this is what happened. Perhaps Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will call Umar an, and he will tell him, look, your brother has made a mistake, forgive him. The purpose was to come and secure the forgiveness of Umar radiallahu an. That I can't let this be like this. I need to clear my accounts. I need to have a clear path with Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Otherwise these things will become barriers. So in any case he comes to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa and he explains what happened. But in the meantime, Umar radiallahu anhu, he reflected. He said, how could I have done this? Now again, the heart was right. The heart was right, a person recognizes his mistake very quickly. For that moment, something maybe can go off, but very quickly he recognizes his mistake. And if the heart is right, then very quickly he makes amends for his mistake. He doesn't sit with it. He walked out of his house immediately. How could I have done this? He came behind me asking me for forgiveness and I said nothing. How could I have done this? He leaves from his house and comes to the house of Abu Bakr He says, no, he's not here. See, if he's not here, then he can only be one place. He can only be in the masjid by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He comes, as he's entering the masjid, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sees him. And his face becomes red. He's becoming upset at Umar radiallahu anhu. Why? That why did you become a means of difficulty for Abu Bakr? You gave him this taklif. He asked you for forgiveness. You didn't respond. This is Siddiq. And Abu Bakr is observing this. Nabi Kareem is becoming upset. He's probably going to reprimand Umar radiallahu anhu. He might say something. So to cover up for Umar radiallahu anhu quickly, he stands up on his knees with utmost humility. He says, Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulallah. Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulallah. Ya Rasulallah, it was my fault. I was at fault. In other words, don't tell him anything. My fault. Now, this one lesson after the other comes from what? Qad aflaha man zakkaha. These nufus were completely purified. They had no dirt in their hearts. Their hearts were clean. And therefore they could look at anybody with a clean heart and with a clean eye. They harbored no malice in their hearts for anyone. Hearts were completely clean. So when this heart is clean, this is the manner in which this heart, this body reacts, this tongue reacts, this tongue is ready to ask for forgiveness, this tongue is ready to now make amends, to say things which will now bring about some comfort. The body will move to go and meet somebody and seek their forgiveness. To do things which will join. Not say things and do things that will break. All this stems from a heart, from this nafs that has been purified. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا The one who has soiled this nafs, has made it impure, and he is going to lead, lead to destruction. All the things that make the soul and the nafs impure, all the sins, the vices, the evils that a person gets involved in, all these things harm that soul. All the 
sins of the heart, the jealousy, the malice, the ego, the pride. And this pride, it starts becoming so bad. Obviously the person who's pride in this ummah, the Fir'aun of this ummah, his pride reached such a level, but just to understand from this, that these things get worse by the day. In fact, it was Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala who was such a small built person, very thin, but Abu Jahl was already now dropped to the ground. Abdullah bin Mas'ud came, he was there at the last moment, and Abu Jahl was still alive. Abdullah bin Mas'ud now took out his sword to behead him. So now while he's about to behead him, Abu Jahl number one he says that because he stood on his chest. So he said, you have stood on a very big place. He is about to die, but he's still regarding himself as a very great person, Nauzubillah. He says, you standing somewhere nobody stood before. And then he's telling him, the Ibrah to take from this, that these things, if it's not treated, it's a cancer. And this cancer goes deeper and deeper. It gets so, it creates such a rot inside. That that stench, it is unimaginable. But just that when a person gets accustomed to a stench, he doesn't smell it. Everybody else around him smells it. But he can't feel anything. So likewise, this rot of pride, of arrogance, all other diseases of the heart, this is a rot. And it creates a stench around the person. In terms of the relationships, there's always some problem here, there, everywhere. So in any case now, he's about to behead him. So he tells him, look, don't behead me from the top of the neck. Behead me from lower down, at the bottom of the neck. Now what difference it makes to a person? His head is going to be chopped off just now. Whether he, his head is cut from the, closer to the head, and the neck gets left to the rest of the body, or whether the neck comes along with the head, what difference does it make to him? But subhanallah, this Fir'aun of this Ummat, while he was dying also, his pride was at the peak. What used to happen is, after the person was beheaded, then all these people's heads would eventually be lying around there. So now he wanted that now his head, if the neck is still there, his head will be looking higher up. So he'll be still one up. Dead also he wants to be one up. Now this is the effect of that pride. That what a rot. And how deep this goes. But all this is the result of وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ So now the issue is that this, this is an effort. This is something we have to work on. Very quickly and briefly some of the points that what is going to purify this nafs. This is what Allah Ta'ala has hinged the entire success on. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ What's going to purify this nafs? Now the most important thing is that Iman and the strength of Iman this is the foundation of the purification of the nafs. So the effort has to be made on Iman. And then among the amal that has to be made as part of our daily life as part of the nourishment of this nafs one of the most important aspects that I mentioned is Tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Tilawat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq if we can recite at least some portions with tadabbur, with contemplation, understanding what we are reciting at least, some understanding of it by sitting in the majalis and in the 
durus, the lessons of the ulama ikram of tafsir, some surahs as well, but then apart from that tilawat in sequence from beginning to end, every day some portion of the Qur'an Sharif, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, quarter para at the least, or if not even that for a start, even half of that, even one page for a start daily, but daily without fail, Qur'an Sharif tilawat. This has a very deep impact on the heart. This has a very cleansing effect on that soul. But provided that the tilawat is done correctly, one of the very important aspects is that tilawat must be with tajweed. Not just in a haphazard manner. Correctly. And if you haven't had the opportunity to correct your recitation for whatever reason, it's never too late. We inquire from somebody in our masjid, the ulama ikram, some hafaz, take five minutes, take three minutes daily from them. After some salah, before some salah, three minutes a day. Inshallah, in a few months time, our recitation will get corrected. Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif with Tajweed. This is the kalam of Allah wa ta'ala. And it is the haqq of Allah ta'ala that we recite the Qur'an Sharif daily. So the Qur'an Sharif tilawat. Number two, the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala. Excessive zikr. One is the tasbihat, ma'amulat, that we should be performing daily, reciting daily. Apart from that, while moving, walking, driving, the various askar and tasbihat, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Abu Musash Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, they are on an expedition, he's riding his camel, Nabi Karim Salaam comes alongside and overhears him something. This is the lesson. While they were traveling, while they were riding, they were busy in some recitation or something, and he was reciting, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Nabi Karim Salaam asked him, that do I, should I tell you a treasure from the treasures of Jannah? He said, please do tell me. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. A treasure of Jannah. But Allah Ta'ala has kept these things behind the veil. Otherwise the test of life will be not there anymore. But this is the test. That we believe in the unseen. We don't need to see to believe it. We need to know what Nabi Kareem Sallallahu presented to us. What he passed on to us. So tilawat of the Quran Sharif. The zikr of Allah wa ta'ala extremely important the right company company of the pious this entire reformation of the heart the key element in that is suhbatus salihin the company of the pious the company of those whose hearts have been adorned with the love of Allah wa ta'ala this moves from heart to heart it is a fire that ignites from heart to heart. We need to join pious company, the company of the people whose hearts are adorned in this manner, sit in the majalis of the ulama ikram, take the benefit of their advices, their lessons. This is what's going to impact on our hearts. This is what's going to bring that purification. This requires that we should be knowing as well, talim. So we sit in the majalis of the ulama ikram, we sit in their lessons, we sit in their advice, to hear their advices, and learn what it is, what's all about the heart, what's going to harm us spiritually, what's going to benefit us. So, these are things that we have to do. Then in general, the extent that we deal with each other in good, with good akhlaq. And this will demand that we have to suppress our emotions at times. It will require that we have to now tolerate many things. It will require that we have to suppress our own needs and be kind to others. Take care of others despite our own requirements sometimes. All these have a very deep impact on the heart. 
These things have a very deep impact on the cleansing of the heart. And when a person is just concerned about himself, then this starts, it starts giving rise to other kinds of issues, to greed, to the ego, to the love of dunya. But now he's concerned about others, this starts bringing humility, it starts decreasing the love of dunya, it starts bringing compassion and kindness to a greater extent. These are things that we inshallah will engage in. All this will impact on us and on our hearts and bring about this purification of the nafs. This will pave our way to Jannat Allah Ta'ala's, with Allah Ta'ala's fazal. This is the path to success. Our life in dunya, Allah knows best how much we got left. How many years or months or days or hours, we don't know. Over these minutes also, Allah Ta'ala alone knows. But before that time suddenly comes, we need to prepare for that time. The preparation is the tazkiyah of the nafs, the purification of the nafs. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala bless us with that purified nafs. Allah ta'ala bless us with taqwa, with the consciousness of Allah ta'ala in our hearts and make our lives in accordance to the commands of Allah ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صلني وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله Nine <laughs> Nine, I in
اللہ لا الہ الا الحی القیوب وعنت الوجوه للحی القیوب یا احدا صمدا لم یلد ولم یولد ولم یکن له کفوا احد جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمدا صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو یا ربی صلی وسلم دائما ابدا علی حبیبک خیر الخلق کلہمی ربنا علمنا انفسنا علمنا انفسنا علمنا انفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدعلنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدعلنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هم إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله O most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the Ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us and the entire Ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire Ummah from such actions that bring azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Bless us with tazkiyah, Ya Allah. Bless us with our hearts purified from all the sins and vices and evils, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the pride, the malice, the jealousy, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Adorn our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Adorn our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Adorn our hearts with the strength of Iman, Ya Allah. With taqwa, Ya Allah. With tawazu, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, adorn our hearts with all the beautiful sifat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with compassion and kindness, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the malice, Ya Allah. Remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with reality of tawazu, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us those servants whom you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of, Ya Allah. Bring all that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with the love of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Save us from their dressing, Ya Allah. Save us from their habits and ways, Ya Allah. Save us from all the things that they have, Ya Allah. Put into the world to try and distract us, Ya Allah. They put into the world to take us away from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. With khushu and khudu, Ya Allah. In a way you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to be forever in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. The sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you cleanse our hearts out of all the sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are very weak, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, do... 
Sickness is also your ni'mat, ya Allah. Allah, we beg, beg for the ni'mat of afiyat, ya Allah. We beg for the ni'mat of shifa, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, you replace the ni'mat of sickness with the ni'mat of shifa, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Those are any kind of difficulty and hardship, ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, ya Allah. Allah, remove all the anxiety, the depression, the tension, the worry, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Unite the hearts for your pleasure, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, unite all upon Haq, Ya Allah. Unite all upon that which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who Ya Allah asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you grant each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's five aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in every aspect of life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have you, we have everything, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, we don't have you, we have nothing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah, bless us with it, Ya Allah. But we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين